Hello and welcome to Scopy Radio. My name's Dan Johansson. And I'm Maureen Smith. And we are joined by Joshua Lewis Smith. Oh, hey. How are you? I'm good. It's our hundredth episode. Woo! One hundo. Hundred episode. Meow, 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 meow. Oh, yeah, the girl with the cat's right there. Yeah. She wanted to. Oh my god! Can you put her up really fast? Be interviewed today. <laughs> For those of you listening at home, Daniel's trying to take a picture of Moody at the microphone. <laughs> she's just but she's be now being very disagreeable. <laughs> there she is. There, there she, she is. is. Oh, this is a really good picture of her, Moody. Oh, this is podcast gold. <laughs> <laughs> this is so authentic to our lives. Yeah, it's no, just this like is trying to get Moody. Living our truths. On the air. <laughs> the the first one might be better. You can the the ones we just took look like Moody is like being for. That's a good one. Let oh, me best picture ever. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, um, <laughs> I'm gonna post this picture on Instagram at some point. That probably in the a next minute. hour. Um, <laughs> and if you like that poster, or that picture, and you want it printed on canvas. Send me, send us fifty dollars, <laughs> and we'll print it on canvas. <laughs> I'm dead serious. I am dead serious because I know how to get it printed on canvas for like thirty, <laughs> and then the other twenty will be a donation to the show or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> if you want to print it on canvas, let us know. <laughs> Because we will do that for okay. you. Apparently. <laughs> so Josh, how is how is you how are you? I'm fine. Just I'm fine. Good. No, I'm you know unemployed again. Yeah. We were talking about that. Well, how long have you been without steady? Since the um, beginning of July. Oh Jesus, really? Yeah. Gosh. But you've been super busy. I've been super busy. Yeah, that's the thing right now. I feel like I know a lot of people that are unemployed that are also extremely busy. Too bad I, that doesn't correlate with money. But, uh, again, no, I've been incredibly busy between closing a show, I'm practicing, I'm learning a show that I'm about to start rehearsals for, working hard with Opera on Tap and New Brew to get things going. I went back to New York to visit family. So I've, I'm keeping really busy, but... Well, I'm supposedly starting a new temp job soon, so okay. that's good anyway. That'll give me a little work for a while. That was the thing with Opera on Tap, is that I think people don't realize how much work it is. And on top of that, it's a... I read a, an article or, like, some think-post-photo meme thing about, um, like, the mental strain, or, like, the mental... What's the... Mental the mental burden. load. Burden. Burden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. So basically, when it, it's the thing of like when you're involved with something or like when something is your responsibility, like, yeah, maybe over a course of a day, you only do two or three things for it. But the added stress on the overall of your day is is much greater and um, is a is a burden. Like someone has to carry that burden. And I feel like everyone involved with Opera on Tap has something of that. Yeah, luckily for me, it's I realized something yesterday because I was feeling like a little bit of a sellout in that, not not about Opera on Tap, but about like what kind of day work I'm looking for, right? Mm-hmm. I was like, I should really be looking for more arts work. I really should be, and I have a, uh, you know, and, and some things have popped up, but it's not the kind of work I want to be doing, even though it's in the field I want to be in. And I realized that I would much rather take this temp job at a, a tech place than do it. And I was like, oh, I'm such a salad. And then I realized, Josh, you're helping run Opera on Tap. You're running a concert series and you're performing constantly. You're not a sellout. Take the job you want to take that's not going to stress you out. Yeah. Because you, and, and I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying putting that artistic, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a little bit of work, sure, but it's, um, I'm excited to be doing it. Yeah. Let, let's put it that way. I'm excited to be doing it. It's the kind of work I want to be doing and it's about an organization that I feel strongly for. Yeah. So I'm enjoying that. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's important like <clears throat> I think that a lot of people look at supplemental employment as like like oh like I, does this make me not an artist and it's like no, it's it, 
it's what you do total that makes you an artist. Yeah. It's not how you make your money. It's like what what you do in a day, like, you know, what you fill your time with. And sure, work is part of it, but I mean... But also, why cut myself off from work that I might genuinely enjoy just right. to say, oh, but I work in the arts. No, I love working in tech places, and I love database work. Yeah. That's who I am. <laughs> That's part of it. and But also, that will help me continue to do what I want to do nights and weekends and right. whenever. So, like... Yeah. <clears throat> no, and it's it's a hard balance to strike, I think. Finding a finding a day thing that you actually legitimately enjoy while also it not sucking your soul. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, it's not easy. Because I've had some places that I've really loved, some places that completely suck my soul, and that's the thing about temping. <laughs> you get yeah. to experience them all. Yeah. It's a potpourri. <laughs> I've like applied to a few temp agencies and I I don't know what it is, maybe my resume is just not good enough or something. Like I need to like beef it or something, but I have not heard back once. Although like I will say that as far as like my day jobs over the last couple years have been they've been pretty cool. Like I've I've lucked out in finding like weird stuff. Yeah. Well that's... honestly though, you know enough of us that work for these temp agencies. If there's anyone you want to get in at least one of us is representative at all of them. <laughs> really? So, is that a thing? Yeah. No, we can... That's how I got the most recent... I'm on the roster of five. And the most recent <laughs> one I got is... Uh, I got seen pretty immediately because of Lily. Okay. She is... Some of our friend Lily works... Lily and, and Jake both work there. And they were... I was like, oh, hey, I know Lily. And they're like, we will see you. Like, oh. seriously. They love that. Referrals? Yeah. Mm. So I'm sure I could get you seen at any number of at least five. (laughs) (laughs) Now you all know. Well, anyway, um, so we didn't get any listener mail, but um, the universe provided us with listener mail this week. What? I'm just saying, like, it's been a shit show this week. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, what do you, did God send us an email? No, no. Would you respond? To God's email? I feel like it depends on what he asked. Yeah, or like, if he was... Or she. Yeah. They. They. Yeah. They, more... Why would God have a gender? Yes, it depends on what they... Yeah, Yeah, why would God have a gender? There's no reason. Yeah, no, absolutely. (laughs) That's just dumb. No, it doesn't make any sense. If God sent me an email, my reply would hinge on what the email said. If the email was, like, this total, like, power play, like, weird, like, uh, it's, you know, like, if it was, like, the raven, like, the kind of ravens that are sent in uh, Game of Thrones, like, come bend the knee. Yeah. I'd be like, God, why are you doing emailing me like this? I, I feel like God's emails would more be like, you have such great cats. And then, then oh. we just read the email. Oh my god. Okay, if God sent me an email saying, Dear Maureen, your cats, grade A cats. Sincerely, God. I would I would be like, God, thank you so much. Yeah, right? That was so nice of you. What if God sent you an email saying, if you don't kill your son Abel, you'll go to hell? I thought it was Isaac. I don't fucking know the Bible. Yeah, no, that you're, you're Cain and Abel, different story. <laughs> different, different story. Oh, right. The, the, yeah. the brothers, right? Yeah. It was yeah. Abraham who had to kill Isaac. Isaac. Yeah. Uh, Alright, well, I'm, look, I'm not saying, I'm not, I wasn't specifically referencing Abel in the Bible. I was saying oh, your that son, my son Abel. Oh, my son Abel. I, I, feel, I feel like I'd be like, God, this is a really casual form of communication to ask me. Yeah, to like, short of, like short of a text, like, you know? Like, oh, maybe not this, maybe like at least but then, what if he also sent you like a selfie of like it's really me? You like you know what I mean? And like it's just like a celestial being. Like, <laughs> it's just like light. Yeah. Um. I feel like though, if God sent you a selfie, it both would not look like a human, and you would know it was God. Like there would be a wet. Like you just know. Like. But I feel like if I can't break up with you via text message, God can't ask me to kill my son via text message. That's. Well, what about email? email? Or email. I can't break up for what about email. It? I guess I could. What I about probably an, have. I mean, full disclosure. <laughs> I'm positive this has happened. What? What about an attachment to an email? No! 
I feel like attachment. Meet me in a coffee like, shop. Meet me in a coffee shop. What about a fax? God's sake. I don't have a fax machine. <laughs> Although, what, I guess it's God. What if a fax just started coming out of my wall? Like, huh? Okay. If God sent me a wall fax telling me to kill my son, Abel, I... You know, I don't think I could do it. Because Daniel can attest to this. I can't even kill bugs in our apartment. Yeah. Yeah, I would be killing Abel. Yeah, I would be like, Daniel, God told me to kill my son Abel. Can you do it? It's Is God. that my son Abel, too? No, it's oh. my son Abel. Can you kill my son Abel? <laughs> <laughs> this is Maureen's son from a previous relationship we're talking yeah, about here. Yeah, it's Abel. Yeah. You know Abel. He lives in our bathroom. <laughs> Abel's a spider. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so I'm a little loopy because I stayed up till three o'clock last night trying to make sure that we like woke up without sixteen me like sixteen million people about to die. Well, not about to die, but like there were probably like a hundred, a few thousand people that. Anyway, the healthcare bill last night. Yeah. No. I'm out of it. I um, I slept soundly last night. And woke up to an email from Planned Parenthood saying Trump Care is defeated. So that was pretty cool. I mean, I like. We'll that. see if in a week there isn't another fucking Republican vote about it. Yeah, I mean, that, sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say I woke up to people going, "Maybe you were wrong about McCain." No, fuck them. I'm not wrong about McCain. Yeah. Jesus Christ, he's a monster. No, yeah. just because he fucking did this one thing. No, fuck McCain. I mean, like, yeah, I, I appreciate this, believe me, but, yeah. like, no, he's not some goddamn hero who got us in this mess in the first place. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Yeah, so... Yeah, he could have shot down this entire thing, like, four days ago. Someone yeah. tweeted that McCain's that kid who locked you in the closet and then acted like a hero when he let you out of the closet. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what he did. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, I watched the closing statements last night. Um, because at that point I couldn't sleep anymore. Like, I, I wasn't going to catch the end of the voting and then not watch the... Like, it was just... Because why the fuck would we have a vote at 1 o'clock deciding this important of a thing? Anyway, so I watched the closing statements last night, and McConnell's speech was very much like... The one, the one side of it that is obviously, like, I wanted to stab him through my computer screen was the part where he was talking about, like, we tried to do the right thing for the American people, like, we were trying to do good, like, we knew what was right, and, and apparently it wasn't enough. F- fuck you, first off. So the second part that I'm interested in is the part that he was talking about, basically, where he, uh, the the Republican stance at this point is that it's it's in, the, the ball is in the Democrats' court at this point. Um, which is, if it's if that's true, if we are, like... If, they, if we're not going to be having another fucking healthcare vote in a week, great. Great. <laughs> let's let's see what the Democrats come up with. Like, let's see what happens. Because, the like, we've talked about this on the show. Uh, Obamacare slash the Affordable Care Act was a Republican bill. It was drafted with Obama and Republican Congress members. So, whatever the Democrats are going to come up with, this is the hopefully the furthest right that it's going to be. Um, but I also think it's interesting because I know that a lot of progressives are really have their eye on the, um, universal healthcare, Medicare for all, um, or Medicaid rather. Um, Medicaid for when you don't get paid, Medicare when you're losing your hair. Oh. Nice. Yeah. I, and so I'm curious to see what happens among party lines. So I'm interested. Actually, you know what I'm really interested in? I'm trying to get a better handle on which members of the Senate really are, like, down-the-line Democrats. Like, centrist, kind of, like... And so, I, and I think that, like, the universal health care vote, when that comes to it, if we get there, um, is going to be a really good litmus test yeah. for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you know where you're... Um, like, I, like Durbin, for example. Durbin's never said <laughs> anything about universal health care. And I, you know, like, yeah, he came out aggressively against this entire, like, cloak and dagger um, healthcare vote thing that's happened over the last four days. Um, but that's, like, not a hard stance. That's such a yeah, low bar. Yeah, it's not a hard stance to take. 
So, I mean... I'm like, brave stance, dick. Right, yeah. <laughs> like, fuck you, right? Come on. Um, so we'll see. I mean, I'm interested in that. I'm interested in, you know, I want to see that happen. I'll be Can riding I... Durbin a shit ton if, if, yeah. uh, if a vote for Universal Health oh, is on the docket. I feel it's a great time to contact your Democratic senators. Then. Absolutely. Um, can I just speak out in defense of Mitch McConnell? I just sure. think it's uh, must be very difficult every year to watch your kids climb over the sand dunes and try to make it to sea while being eaten by birds. And I can't imagine what that's done to his mental health long term. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's a turtle! (laughs) Continue. The other thing I really... I think this is probably where, really, like... Thank you for doing that. <laughs> thank you for... Because I think that what we're not doing enough of is um, understanding where Mitch McConnell's coming from. Yeah. <laughs> I think that we're not... We're not giving him enough grace. <laughs> just as a society. You know, you just have to try to put yourself in his shell. And yeah. <laughs> no. Life's like for him. The only real thing I have left to talk about, and then I'm obviously I'll probably have other thoughts about other things about this, but the main thing was that it was really upsetting to me personally that so many Republicans wanted to vote this way in the first place. And it's really indicative of A, the fact that most of the Republican constituency, meaning the people that are represented by these congressmen, um, maybe don't know what Obamacare is or like what the ACA is and that they're the same thing or like what these bills none of them know anything about what any of the bills that have been presented in the last week actually entail and they don't know what that would mean for their lives (laughs) none of the senators do either though because it was never actually fucking disclosed yeah I mean like no one knows what they were voting on they're just like yeah let's just do it right and which is insane and it's a product of Republican gerrymandering and voter suppression. Yes, yes. The fact of the matter is, like, more and more we're having these voter fraud issues. It's what lost the Democrats the election. And there are a plethora of things you could say are the reasons why the Democrats lost the election. But one of the major ones is Wisconsin and North Carolina, where these giant... And there was another state, I can't think off the top of my head, I'm sorry. Um, where these giant voter fraud laws came out and you know hundreds of thousands of people were unable to vote in states where the difference between one candidate or the other were hundreds of thousands of votes and this is something that the republican party as a whole has been trying to enforce for honestly decades honestly since segregation honestly since black people got the right to vote the republicans have been fine trying to find ways to make sure that they don't the since poor people like vote started voting the way that they have it's it's um you know it's like the i think it's like the cornerstone of the republican party i mean and that's the whole idea of what a republic is you have a representative voting like that is supposed to be a representative for a a giant number of people that's what it means to be part of a republic and so the less vote that you have in a in a fr- framework like that the more the Republican Party is going to be happy. That's like what the party's based off of. So anyway, um, like it's it's coming down to these states that we're not a part of. Like it's coming down yeah. to like people reaching out to people that they know live in these other states. Your relatives, if you're from North Carolina, if you're from Wisconsin, mm-hmm. if you're from New York, even like I don't know. I mean, there are. I I called my so there was news yesterday that Ron Johnson was on the fence about yeah. the skinny repeal, and he ended up voting in favor, right? Yeah. I mean, he was gonna because he's a douche nozzle, but he was. He, word was he was on the fence, and so I called my mom who lives in Wisconsin and was like, "Hey, call Ron Johnson's office." Um, yeah. Because I know that the skinny repeal would impact you. Like, call him today. And she was like, I'm going to try to find time to do that. And so, like, it's so worth it to contact people that you know in these states. Especially, like, I'm sure most of our listeners who live in Chicago or live in Milwaukee. If you live in Milwaukee, call your... Call people. Yeah. Call them. <laughs> yeah. And if you and Chicago people, your friends who live in Milwaukee or Madison or something, 
call tell call them to tell them to call people. It's like I don't know. I I go on these ty- like these tirades fairly frequently about how right now our voices aren't being heard. And Daniel touched on that through voter suppression. Like populate like entire swaths, entire like you know, large margins of our population are being barred from voting, which is the only way that our voices are heard in an official sense. And so we have to go outside of the official sense. Yeah. We have to we have to go out of our way. We have to go outside of the framework to make our voices be heard. You need to make phone calls. You need to write emails. You need to send faxes through mm-hmm. walls. I agree with you entirely, and I want to piggyback off that. Because the other thing is, the one the one peep group of people we should... Well, first off, it really sucks that Murkowski and Collins had to be put up through this entire week of bullshit. Because, like, they're women and don't deserve to get death threats. Yeah. Women don't deserve to get death threats. Women do not deserve to get death threats. Period. That That is the first thing. And the other thing is that, like, the activists made this the way that it is. Like, the activists are who we should be thanking. The protesters adapt. The Disability Activists Network have been sending, like, disabled folks with signs to the Senate building all week. And, like, everyone in the mainstream media wants to talk about how much of a fucking maverick hero McCain is. And nobody wants to talk about the goddamn disabled people that are, like, making the difference. Um, last night I watched a live video of a girl I went to school with. Her name is Julianne Giddy, and um, she, in 2015, was diagnosed with stage four colon cancer, and because of the Affordable Care Act, was able to be on her parents' health insurance at the age of 26 um, to get chemo, um, and it saved her life, um, and. And it's, it's not that she was, like, and what's shocking to me is that, like, I've had conversations with relatives before who are like, oh, if you're on your parents' insurance, you're a freeloader. And it's like, in Julienne's case, she was on a gap year between law school and starting a full-time job. Right. <laughs> and so, like, to call her a freeloader, someone who is doing all the right things in life, but got colon cancer the wrong year yeah. is but also to call any we live in a society where we have the resources that anyone who suddenly gets cancer or some other life-threatening illness isn't a, you know we get we can take care of them yeah no none of them are freeloaders illnesses aren't you know no one asks for them they come to everyone it's one of those great equalizers like you know death and taxes we all deal with them except for trump he doesn't pay taxes but um <laughs> but he donates a salary though to the education department no less someone tweeted that and i was like you're a fucking idiot <laughs> fucking idiot. right no but 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 you know like no one no one in the society no one is a freeloader because they need health care. No. I do not believe that. And I, I don't believe that for anyone on the planet. No, I agree. I agree. No, I was called a freeloader when I was 23 for being on my mom's insurance at Thanksgiving. Oh, my God. Yeah. And, then I, and then I left. I was like, okay, thank you. And then I left the kitchen and told everyone else there. I was like, she just called me a freeloader. And then everyone gave her the silent treatment for the rest of the dinner. Good. I, was ha- I mean, I have been working <laughs> since forever right and i don't know if i've ever had a job that's given me that no i think maybe once a job that's given me benefits i've worked mm-hmm. like my whole life so fuck that free you know how much i pay for my insurance premiums because it's almost 300 a month it's ridiculous and i'm poor so no stay on your goddamn parents insurance as long as you can yeah <laughs> but you're not a freeloader yeah i am on my parents insurance right now would not have health care otherwise right exactly. can't afford it no it's expensive wouldn't be able to afford it it's so expensive and it's ridiculous but also I'd rather that is not a condemnation of the ACA I am very glad I have insurance yeah (laughs) it is a condemnation of the greater healthcare system as it functions in this country so that's the thing the Chuck Schumer uh, minority leader rather also gave a speech last night his speech was talking about recognizing that there are problems with Obamacare there are problems with Obamacare hell yeah and I'm. I want to see 
the thing is that the Democrats have a history of of doing things that they'll say is reform for good, the good of the people, like the welfare reform under Clinton, um, like NAFTA, like um, uh, race relations. Generally, there's a, I, there are better examples. I'm sorry, um, race relations under Clinton. Honestly, um, you know, the my point here being that this is an opportunity for the Democrats to really do some good. And I think there is a good chance that that will happen. But, like, that bill, need whatever the Democrats do next, needs to be, like, checked and double-checked. Yeah, I mean, you know, the fact that we're paying, you know, the fact that Josh is paying $300 a month for insurance, yeah. or the fact that, you know, and Jesse Oliver... Mm-hmm. said on our show before that she doesn't have insurance because she can't afford it. Right. Because the premiums would be too high. This is the, the... I guess what I'm saying is is that, like, there's a very good chance that we'll be looking at something that is more of a, like, compromise between the insurance companies on one end and the Republicans on the other end. And it's, like, who's speaking up for the... Progr- who's speaking up for the poor? Like who's speaking up for the people that need healthcare? Because that's like, if you're go, if you're looking through, like, if you're trying to compromise between people that are trying to make a shit ton of money and people that are trying to destroy Obama's legacy, what's the middle ground? I know. Well, and the huge problem is that because of the healthcare complex we have in this country, people think that things cost a lot more than they actually. do do cost like that's the the truth of it is americans believe that this ct scan cost i don't know what do they charge for that ten thousand dollars yeah five thousand or ten thousand yeah right it doesn't it cost you know it's all inflated because the insurance isn't going to pay all of that they're going to pay a percentage of that Mm -hmm. whatever but then when you don't have insurance you know that's what you get saddled with but no it's it's like what 500 bucks or something less i don't know and so we're, we're so backwards, we're like, we need this insurance to protect us from this help. But, you know, it's all inflated, it's all fake. It's all just mm-hmm. to make money, and it's disgusting. And there's this myth that, like, a generic version of a drug is, like, not going to work as well or something like that. It's That's the same thing. Exactly. And it's like, you, you're talking, like, people talk about all the time how in other countries you can get the generic version of the drugs we have in America. Or even in some cases the same brand. Yeah. Right? In some cases you can get the same brand of the drug in another country for a tenth of the price. And it's like... <sighs> You know, buying a—I mean, I guess it is kind of weirdly like getting the generic brand of a cereal. But the thing is, you still—it still tastes like the cereal. It still cures the thing you want the drug to cure. It just is—it—it's something that people can actually afford right. if they're not on, you know, government subsidized congressman healthcare. Yeah. 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 Hey, Josh. Yeah. What's your dream job? Oh. I don't know. That's, I, I have so many passions that it's really hard to nail down what would be the ideal, you know? Mm. That's. Can I give you a second to think about that and talk about something that I'm dreaming up for Scopy recently? Yeah, it sounds good. So one of the things I'm really excited about are these donor incentive things that we're working on, because I think we're basically going to be able to turn this into like an artistry co-op. We've been having artists now reach out to us being like, I want to donate some of my word working, word working to the show. Or like, I want to donate, like, I, I'm waiting for like, I want to donate a painting to the show. Yeah. I want to donate tickets to our, to our theater performance to the show. And, or, or a discount, right? Like a discounted rate, like a across the board <laughs> performance discounted rate for people that are donors or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, and we would promote people in that way. And then the donorship would be able to like really reap some serious benefits. Yeah. And, I think that that's something that could be really cool and really, like, what we stand for. is like, co-op, cooperational, like, yeah. infrastructure is something that could really pan out for us. Because I don't think, I don't, we, we've talked a lot about, like, trying to figure out what kind of structure this should be. Like, I mean, because you have, like, the traditional nonprofit structure where, um, you know, you get giant big level don't which of course like is something we will always consider and always like weigh um but i you know we've been trying to figure out how to make this like 
supported, like community supported infrastructure work. And I think we're like about to, that's my, that's like my current dream. You okay? Wrist? Yeah, Yeah, my wrist hurts. Tell us about your wrist. Oh, I'm a barista, which means that I get carpal tunnel and I have it right now and my wrist hurts. So that's my dream job. <laughs> is carpal tunnel haver. <laughs> that's a good one. You know, yeah. there's a lot of ways to accomplish that, so that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Really, yeah, and I think that I'm... Um, I think that I've arrived at the most physically exhausting way to yeah. get carpal tunnel. So cool. not only do I have carpal tunnel, I also am on my feet for eight hours yeah. a day. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think that's a really... You're doing yeah, it. I'm really doing it. I'm really doing it. She's really doing it, guys. I'm really doing it, everybody. On my feet and my wrist hurts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fine. I like my job. Yeah, I just I think it's just unfortunate the timing of... I think I got carpal tunnel when I was working with... When I was doing telemarketing and when I was doing the musicology assistantship job at the same time. So I was on, like on, sitting on a computer for like... 10 hours a day probably or something mm-hmm. maybe 8 I don't know what amount of time I don't, don't know why I'm quantifying my work right now but um, it sucks yeah but also I'm being kind of a I'm being kind of a brat about it though no but I mean like I think we all like <laughs> looking at our phones too like not to I'm not like blaming that on what the reason you specifically got carpal tunnel but I think like that it didn't help me like uh, yeah, yeah. or masturbating yeah that's also a pretty bad, like, inflammation of, of carpal tunnel. I'm not kidding. I'm genuinely. Yeah. Especially was... when you have to do it six hours at a time. Right? Yeah. Right. Just... It really hurts. Yeah. The wrists. Yeah. Is that your dream job? Masturbating for six hours at a time. Yeah. No, my dream job is running a brothel. Yeah? Yeah. It's a good one. Uh, What's nice about running a brothel? No carpal tunnel. No carpal tunnel. Well, depends on not, the job. Yeah. Well, not if you're running it. Yeah. But if you're like in it. Yeah. yeah. But I guess you just make the newbies do the hand jobs. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that you would start out getting carpal tunnel. Yeah. And then you would like slowly retire your hand. You know. Yeah. Played it in gold. <laughs> yes, well, I actually had them take off my hand, played it in gold, and we put it above the bar. It's just like a wall of hands. <laughs> this hand bought this establishment. The <laughs> <laughs> hand that fed a nation. <laughs> so that's my dream. Cool. So to review, a brothel <laughs> with above the bar just... A gold-plated hand. Gold-plated... Just one gold-plated hand? Yeah, just mine, because that's... Oh, just yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, which hand would you cut off? Oh. Probably my left. I mean... Yeah? But would that be the hand doing all the work? No. Yeah, it's a hard... uh, I don't know. I think that the move would be while you are destroying your hand with carpal tunnel, your right hand with carpal tunnel... You are training your left hand to take over for your right hand. In After a, I in remove a, my right hand. In a functional way. So, you're, so like, in, in like your off time, you're doing like left hand exercises so that you can become ambidextrous. Right. And then once you like achieve that and your right hand is like a ruined just mass, yeah. then you cut off your right hand and then your left hand is perf- perfectly functional. Yeah. I think that's... the. If if you are gonna do that, I think that's what you would need to do. Yeah, no, I think that I think you're right. I do. I do. I do. I do. Damn it. <laughs> I do. Um Do you wanna talk about Scoppy Sessions? Scaramooch, Scaramooch, do you do the fandango thunderbolts of lightning? Very, very frightening me. Or do you wanna talk about the new communication director of the White House? I the only thing I just think it's amazing that like, the epitome of Long Island Italian is now in the, like, that's, that's, that's it right there. That's, like, if you're looking for, like, any time I've ever mentioned, like, Long Island Italianness, that's the stereotype. R- r- a real person. It exists. Anthony Scaramucci. Long Island Italian. 
the pinnacle of it. Calling the reporter. From the New Yorker. From the New Yorker. Calling the New Yorker. Calling the New Yorker, saying, I'm fine being on the record. Yeah. <laughs> and then, just... Like, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to get, like, I'm not trying to gain my brand, like, grow my brand from the strength of the presidency. I'm not Steve Bannon. I'm not trying to suck my own cock. Like, that's Long Island Italian right there. No. He's... I love how that article reads, too, because it's, it's, like, it's, it's as if you're sitting at a bar and that reporter is, like, dishing to you about what happened. He's like, you're never going to believe what just happened to me. And then just, like, recites the article. And then it's, and you're like, wow, that's crazy. Like, that's literally how it reads. It's just, like, someone, like, he hit, he hit end call, and then it was like, whoa, <laughs> whoa. Between that and Donald Trump Jr. leaking his own emails, I'm kind of, like, shocked at this White House right Yeah, now. I mean, what, what, what's, what's even going on? It's incredible. Yeah. It's, I knew it would be bad. I knew it would be bad. I knew that he would be a bad president. I had no idea, I, and, and the thing is, I knew that he would be, like, a bad person, I knew bad things would happen, I had no idea that's such gross incompetence. Yeah, I mean, it's really, like... like on, a, on, like, a hilarious level. Yeah, no, it is, I mean, it's scary, but hilarious, but really, really fucking hilarious. I mean, I just, and I love all the drama that consistently happens between every other member of the cabinet and Steve Bannon. Just yeah. so much of it. And it's great, it's great when she's saying that He's not like Steve Bannon who's constantly trying to suck his own cock. I, like, died. <laughs> because it, it's just, like, it's kind of the Washington that you always imagine, and he's just doing it for you. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. giving it all. Right. Right away. Right in the face. It's great. I just, I want to be a fly on the wall in the Western, Western, West Wing right now. Just because it can't be, it can't be good. I mean, apparently Scaramucci is running around firing everyone. Can you imagine being a West Wing intern right now? Like, how horrifying but also glorious it's going to be. Like, that's the kind of thing that you're going to tell. The stories you're going to tell forever. Well, I was an intern in the Trump White House. For a week. For a week. Until, <laughs> Until Scaramucci, Scaramucci fired me. came in and crazy fired me. Yeah. <laughs> you were the leak! <laughs> no, I wasn't! I just and, make the call. Well, that and what did he say about Rince Priebus? <laughs> Rince oh. Penis. <laughs> Rince Priebus. <laughs> Apparently he called him that. He no, has, he it's been confirmed that in private he's referred to Rince Priebus multiple times as Rince Penis. <laughs> <laughs> and the fucking Jeff Sessions shit. Like, he's just constantly... Donald Trump is shitting on Jeff Sessions. Like, in interviews. He hired an. I mean, you, obviously Jeff Sessions is a fucking moron and like racist, terrible monster. Wants to like make if you get uh, if you smoke a joint, you'll get forty lashes. Yeah. Kind of bullshit. Like, yes, but you don't hire a man and then a month later publicly denounce him on like multiple interviews like Donald Trump is just going around telling people about how terrible Jeff Sessions is. But see I think when Donald Trump realized that you can just go to the store and buy Keebler's cookies you don't need to actually capture the elf he was like oh we don't need you here we just you can just you Josh <laughs> Josh, um, I really appreciate you as a person, as a presence. Um, I think that your particular brand of absurdism is um, is uh, both approachable and also keeps me so severely on my toes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. Um, let's, um, let me do the other housekeeping thing. We'll keep, we'll keep jumping back and forth. I'm okay with that. Yeah. The housekeeping thing that I want to talk about is that last night's Scoppy session was our last, um, Scoppy session that is 
part of the Blitzkrieg. Part of part of like the yeah, the Blitzkrieg is a good way of putting it. Yeah. Um, we have learned a lot about producing. We've also learned a lot about limits. <laughs> um, both our limits and also the limits to what an audience can really can't honestly handle. Honestly, um, I mean, short of me needing to find a job, um, I could have done this longer. But I don't think I, the li- the limits are the audience. We started noticing that not that people weren't coming, but just that. Um, because we had people steadily coming, but it's just, yeah, it, it's overwhelming. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's all of this material that's getting put out, like videos constantly, and like, we're living in an overwhelming time as it is, and so it's just... And with people being so busy, it's just like, we can't expect our audience to go... Because the thing is, the thing that's important to recognize is that the quality of stuff that we were putting out on an almost daily basis was good. Yeah. And, and that's not like tooting my own horn. That's just like, I mean, frankly, we collaborated a lot. Like, it, yeah, it's, we, yeah co- we, we did a lot we ourselves, did, but we also like we we worked with a lot of really amazing people who delivered. And what's unfortunate is that it it was just daily and it was too much. Yeah. And I, like it, it's it, it's a lot to ask of an audience base to like watch 30 videos in a week yeah. <laughs> and like on top of that listen to hour-long podcast episodes and so we're just gonna cut back yeah and i mean i think the thing that would be most helpful now is like fucking go check out what we did in the last two months tell people about specific stuff because i mean like some of it's really cool and i mean we're gonna keep scoppy sessions as a concept going mm-hmm. um but we're gonna so basically our maureen and i's plan right now mm-hmm. is that we're going to take a week off because because we're going to take a week are off. we going to take a week off yeah we're going to go to door county and a week off doesn't even mean that you're going to not hear from us for a week we're going to be putting up like three or four episodes from door county wisconsin mm-hmm. like it's it's going to be like a it's going to be great um so that is a is one thing um and then when we come back we'll start planning for like late august we're probably going to we do... have we have one thing co- confirmed for sure yes that is August 22nd. At Nightcap. At Nightcap. Um, we've got the premiere of The Passive-Aggressive's Guide to Mother Goose by Ross Crean. Yep. Um, performed by Gretchen Adams um, with Jordan Christ at the piano. Oh, awesome! Um, we've also got Marissa Abbas um, remounting her Virginia Woolf yep. performance. Oh, um, and then... Desiree Miller, who is a cellist that we've engaged several times this summer, is also a composer, and uh, so she's going to be performing some of her music on that concert as well. Love it. So. Yeah, so keep an eye out for that. Yeah, August 22nd, 7 o'clock, Nightcap Coffee Bar. Mm Mm-hmm. It's going to be fantastic. I'm really, really excited for it. We're also going to do another DIY fest. If we've gotten any new listeners that aren't specifically opera people, I mean, that's something that we're really excited about, is that we are going to be doing more of this DIY music local scene in Chicago for Chicago folks that, you know, aren't classically trained musicians. Like, it's like, we're finally kind of like branching out in this really cool way. So that's something that we're definitely going to be doing. Um, we're also going to do another Dungeons and Dragons yep. live. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Got to get me in on that. Yeah. If I'm not in rehearsal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So we will, um, you know, you know, we're gonna we're gonna figure that out. It's gonna be great. We're really looking forward to it, and hope you are too. Yeah. Um, if y'all have any, um, if if y'all have any dreams of like scoppy sessions that you want to do with us, reach out to us. We love we love collaborating. It's less work. Um, <laughs> yeah, and so. frankly, like we're saying, like, oh yeah, no, we're doing less. We're doing less. But like. We go, if you come up with something that is like, if you, if you reach out to us with enough, enough passion, we'll probably say yes. And also we have, what we've learned how to do is like get spaces. Yep. And we have enough donations that we can help finance something in a, in a very small way, very small way, but we can, there is a certain amount of money that we can kick in to yeah. help make something happen and by we can we can kick in a hundred dollars to make something happen 
Yeah, just for, for a peace of mind. Yeah. Um, so, like, yeah, reach out to us. Let's make, let's do some stuff. Josh? Hmm? Is there anything you want to talk about? No? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's fair. <laughs> you can see me in so many things coming up. <laughs> In September, Thompson Treats Opera. Oh, we're still five minutes. Oh, am I not plugging yet? I can. I mean, what do you want to talk about? We could talk about we could talk for five minutes about one of your plugs. What are you working on? Yep. Well, no, I'm working on uh, <laughs> Thompson Streets Opera, uh, Cosmic Rain, The Amazing Chris, and some assorted small parts and ensemble. Yeah. That'll be going up the first or second two weekends in September um, in uh, Lakeview, I think. Cool. Um, Is that seven seven three? No, it's not. It's I can't remember the name of the theater, so um, look it up. It's on Thompson Street's website. <laughs> I know. I think it's off the Lawrence Stop somewhere around there. Cool. Well, I know the other thing you really wanted to talk about, Mo, and this actually sets us up really well is um, summers in Chicago. And I, I, you know, I've been here for like four years, and so I, I wanted the first thing I want to really want to say is like, this summer's been a good one. Like, this summer has been, there's been a lot of stuff that's going on. And I mean, like, there are some, there's a lot of stuff going on in Chicago generally. Um, but I, I think because most of it's free, most of it's, like, low-income folks are, like, a lot of, there's a couple pay to things in Chicago that happen. Um, usually it's it's downplayed. Like, it's, you know, not, um, like, I mean, they're fun, but they're not, like, you know, gonna progress the art form weirdly. Like, I think that's the, but, you know, The Crucible tonight? Or tonight. The Crucible this year was, like, a very well-attended affair. Yeah, and that was the one that you recorded, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, we did, um... We ac- we accidentally had a crazy week at Opera on Tap last week because somehow it was a total scheduling mistake. We had New Brew one night, and the next night was the Opera on Tap theme of the month show. Both at the album <laughs> room. But I will say I was very happy with the turnout, and they both were like... I was like, yeah, Chicago summer people. Turning yeah. it out, coming in. It was Prexel Femina, um... Uh, oh right! Opera on tap. They bookended the same night as. What if your noise bias? Noise bias. Wednesday yeah. night was New Brew, right? Or no, getting... Monday night was New Brew. Wednesday night was actually another Praxella show that I, I went to. That one it was great. It was at um, Charmers up in Rogers Park. So was it Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? Because Sunday was a Praxella yeah. night, wasn't it? Um, or maybe yeah. I'm gonna go pee. Sorry, everybody. Bye, Marine. Bye. So. Yeah, it was a crazy, like, stretch of performances and stuff, but it was cool. It was cool. Yeah. I mean, it. I love those folks. I, like, think that everyone should be checking out Praxilla Femina because the stuff that they're doing is, they're producing things is on that same, like, finding that balance between yeah. social justice and, and actually direct action. Direct action and um, writing to people and, and all these things. So... And also mm-hmm. artistry. Sorry, go ahead. No, what was what blew me away about this particular concert was it was supporting a charity called Girl Forward, mm-hmm. and which is a charity that helps refugee girls yeah. in this country. But, not, but more specifically, it's a local charity. They run out of Rogers Park, and right. they um, work here in Chicago. Oh, I didn't know that. And they also work in Texas. And... I didn't know that either. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. Because it's also the thing about small local charities is a couple hundred bucks goes away longer than if you're going to be contributing it to one of the huge. They raised like 500 bucks, didn't yeah. they? Yeah. And they, good they, for them. they did really yeah. well. And it's for a really amazing local charity doing very good work. And I thought that that was so cool. And it's yeah. also raised a lot of our awareness. We're like, oh my God, this is a cool charity in our neighborhood, you know, right. doing great things. Loved it. Yeah. I love seeing that i love seeing organizations that recognize the neighborhood they're they're really a part of you know and yes. i think like prexel feminine i think is really and i think the other um uh organizations i mean y'all y'all you wrote rogers park folks i mean like i basically at this point consider myself more of like an uptown andersonville person yeah yeah yeah. but still but I, like that is so important because rogers park is such a rich neighborhood yes and there's it's, so much there's going so on. much culture there's so much diversity it's uh it's so great and then to see that yeah i, I i'm really into that and really really incorporating the you know involving the neighborhoods and thinking outside of just our like classical music sphere of yeah. chicago so much culture so much oh, diversity and a target oh fuck that <laughs> I'm so mad about that. They're opening I got Target. Into, I'm like, the thing is, so DNA info, 
Edgewater Rogers Park shared that they were like, aren't you excited? And I was no. like, what the hell is your problem? And on top of that, so many people are excited about it. First off, if you're even going to talk about it from like a, like a consumerist, like neoliberal fuck perspective, that intersection is going to be a nightmare now. What it already is. is. Where is that again? On Pratt and Sheridan. Um, Devon. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On Devon, like right, right with, by Loyola. Um, yeah. There's going to be a Target there? Yeah, right, right yeah. where there's the senior center and there's a lot next to it or something. There's going to be like buildings and a Target. And I will tell you, last night, I live pretty close there, right? Yeah. And last night, I actually did have to go to Target for something and I went down to the one at Wilson because there's another really close one you could just take the red line to. We don't Right off there. the red line. And I only, I support local businesses as much as I can. My computer speakers blew out. None of them carry computer speakers, so I went to Target. Yeah. But... We don't need another one, especially because there's then one just north of Rogers Park, too. um, On Peterson. um, On, isn't that the most one? There's one on Peterson. That's a different one. There's one on Howard. Yeah. There's one on Howard? Um, That's not too far either. So we're sandwiched between two targets. Not to mention then there's another one a little farther west if you have a car it's easy to get to. Is it because there's, is it because of Loyola? I mean... They're going to make a killing off of Loyola students. Genuinely, um, I would support a movement to boycott Target at this point. Yeah, well, we... Because it's too much. We all... The the Rogers Park Facebook group I'm part of, like, we all signed petitions. We all are very against it. And uh, I'm I'm bummed to see it. Just because there are... It's an area full of kick-ass local businesses. Yeah. And I don't want to see anything happen to them because stupid Target. I am am deeply ashamed of the, um, of the, like, negative press like that the concept of boycotting is getting recently because frankly it is the that was basically when i went vegan it was me boycotting meat Mm -hmm. and it it is the only thing that works and it is the thing that like corporate interests care about the most boycotting is very boycotting is very powerful and i think that that as a concept is something that like that is you we can really do something with that and i think that like yeah i think that there's just a lot of that there's a bill going up um, I don't want to get too much into this conversation, but um, there's a bill going up that is basically going to make boycotting like BDS of, of like the Israeli state a felony. Um, and that to me, whatever your whatever your stance is, boyc- like making boycott period, any kind of boycott a felony is reprehensible to yeah, me. Yeah, well, absolutely. Boycotting is it's a fundamental right. It's part of the American, like it's yeah. part of freedom of speech. It's part of all these things. Um, but then, yeah, I mean, Devon, the thing I was going to say was, like, Devon Market is right around the corner, Morse Market is right around the corner, like, these are the things that we're potentially losing with putting something like a Target. Small local liquor stores, I mean, like, all kinds of things are right there. Yep. Yeah. So, anything else? I'm good. Um, this has been a good 100th episode. Woo, 100 episodes! I, yeah, I'm really happy with it. Thank you all um, so much for listening for 100 episodes. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot of episodes. Yeah. I can't, I actually can't believe that we've done 100 episodes. I can believe it. Um, it's, but, you know, I'm we like... did it so quickly. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna hit a thousand in, like, Tomorrow. a year. <laughs> tomorrow? <laughs> tomorrow, yeah. Maybe not a year, but a The next 900 are tonight. Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> 900 episodes. Yeah, to close out, I think, my thoughts at least, and we'll, we'll also, I want you to plug stuff too. And I also want to do our stuff. But, um, uh, we hit 100. My next goal is 1,000. We're not going to do 200? I mean, we'll announce, we'll be like, oh, we did 200. But I mean, like, it'll be half-assed on my, my account. Yeah. I think, why don't you shoot for a 500 celebration? Give yourself something. Let's have a party at 500. Yeah. Sure. There you go. Sure. Josh, where can people find you? Where, what are you up to coming up? Yeah, so I already plugged the Thompson Street Opera, but also you can come see me. Um, opera on Tap, we're doing August show is going to be Popra, which is going to be fucking killer. It's going to be at the Elbow Room. I can't think of the date, but go on Facebook. It's all there. Um, the September show for Opera on Tap is actually one that I'm the first one I'll be programming, and it's 
art song. We're doing an art song September 18th at uh, Rogers Park, uh, uh, Red Line Tap. Nice! Um, September, we're also going to do our next new brew. I'm not sure the date there. And then, but keep an eye on New Brew because we have some exciting things we're planning. We're going to take a little hiatus and come back in February or something killer. So come support us and maybe donate some money because we have some fun things in the works. Those are my... Those are all my engagements right now. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, thank you all so much for listening. I've been Daniel Johansson. I continue to be Maureen Smith. I am totally a Hufflepuff. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. 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 Thank you so much for listening for 100 episodes. If you've liked what we've been up to for the last 100, uh, please keep up with us. Um, we care about you as much as you care about us, I'm sure. Uh, so what you can do is you can head over to scoppymag.com. That's our website. We're going to do a, a reworking of it pretty soon. But um, in the meantime, you can catch uh, all of our articles there, all of our recent episodes. Actually, you can't find the recent episodes. That's why I need to rework it. Anyway, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. What happened to the episode? I got to figure... So if They're you playing hide and seek. If you go to Facebook, Scoppy Magazine is our Facebook page. Instagram and Twitter, at Scoppy Mag. Tumblr, Scoppy Mag. Uh... And as always, I'm here to emphasize the importance of donations. Uh, we run on a shoestring budget, um, but um, everything that we've been able to do up until this point has been because of your help and your support and your generosity. So from the bottom of my heart, I thank you so, so intensely. Um, it, this has been crazy. Like the past six months has it been six months. February to... February, March, April, May, June, July. Yeah. Yeah. Did you count February in that? February, March, April, No, May, that would June, be if July. we had started in January. No, but, March. but we started February 13th. Oh. February. So like five and a half. We're coming up on six. I, yeah. Whatever. Okay. Round but, up. It doesn't matter. <laughs> round up. Um, so just the past six months have been so incredibly fulfilling and so fun and um i've learned so much and i'm sure daniel feels the same way um and i hope that we've added something to your lives because that's the goal like we're not doing this for ourselves we're doing this for y'all um so yeah if you want to see us uh continue to continue to do what we're doing um we really need your help you can head to scopymag.com, go to our about section. Uh, for as little as $5 a month, um, you can really change our lives. Support Dan independent media. Yeah. Daniel, you posted something recently that kind of like really well illustrated. Well, have you mentioned the donor incentives yet while you're pulling that up? Yeah. You should mention the donor incentives. Um, so our, our most important one right now at the second, uh, because it's going to end really soon, is uh, our 30 day yoga all you can yoga introductory package that we were gifted from the fabulous folks over at b yoga andersonville Woo. so the next donor that we get monthly subscriber and it's an honor system that you're not going to just cancel it in a month but i mean i guess you could do that i would cry um yeah but, if you you're, we'd have your name but i mean like, like you, <laughs> i'm not gonna like i'm not gonna like do anything like we would but, just be sad yeah anyway we would talk about you on every episode the next person that donates to the show... We would, we would uh, vague book about you. Yeah. The next person that donates to the show will win that. 30 days. Like, it's such a good deal. Like, that's... Just that in and of itself is a fantastic deal. Because I think B-Yoga is, like, like $15 a session or something like that. I'm not sure. It's, it doesn't... It's... Yeah. It's not cheap. Yeah. Um. So... But... Yeah. This is a really great deal. Um. So... And they're fantastic. They do awesome work. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so check that out. Uh, also, the great other really great thing is the Great God Pan recording is still up. There's a few names in the hat at this point, um, but you can get it in there. There's still a pretty good shot that you'd be the winner of a free recording of the Great God Pan by Ross Crean. So do that. Yeah. A lot of local Chicago talent. Very cool stuff. Uh, yeah, really awesome writing. So to illustrate the importance of these donations, I'll give you a little bit of... Um, a little bit of information. Um, $5 a month after a year. One person donating $5 a month after a year means that we can get a, a new microphone. One person donating $10 a month and you've, you've sponsored a art song concert entirely. Um, at $25 a month, um, 
if we get like how many like in a couple of months like in four months if we got four $25 a month donors we could upgrade our entire audio system yeah we run I'm telling you like we're a cheap operation we honestly 300 bucks means we could get a four channel mixer which is like the biggest thing right now that we're like hoping for at some point yeah $40 a month means that you personally would be sponsoring two articles to be written every month off the off for the website. Yeah. Um, yeah. If we had more donors, we can adequately com- compensate everyone who works with us forever as writers, performers, and administration. And with more donors... We could pay Josh. Yeah. We could pay Josh. <laughs> we could regularly hire writers to cover even more local art almost every day. And there's more local art in Chicago than days in a week. And we want to be the home for all of it. We want to support it. We want to promote it. We want you to find out about it. And And the the only way we can do that is with your help. And that's honestly, that's the thing, is that we're one of the only, like, small outfits that cover... We want to cover everything. Yeah. Everything. We love all art. Yep. We want to cover everything. We want to be there. We want to send people to things. Mm-hmm. We want to help support it. We want to help build Chicago as a hub where you can find anything. And that's the amazing thing is we can do that, but we can't without your help. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, um, go to the website, scopymag.com slash about. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, Give a little, give a lot, and if you can't give, then listen, participate, and share. Thanks again so much for listening. Go out and make something.